0: back to the EdTech Takeout. This is episode 114. I am joined today by the official co-host Gina Rogers and our teammate Beth Swans. Uh, this episode is always a fan favorite favorite because it's news and nuggets episode.
1: Yay. Yay. Tasty, so welcome Beth. Tasty Thank nuggets. you.
0: <laughs> Can hardly wait. So a little fun fact. Uh, this week we reached our 100,000th Download. Background applause. For yes. Beth. Yeah. So um, that's kind of kind of exciting. Beth made me feel better about it. I was like, I don't know. Is that a big deal? And she says, no, I think it is. So I thought I would mention it to start the show today. So. It's a big deal.
2: I yes. think it's a big deal.
1: We might need a crown.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's like more than 10,000 downloads a year. I think that seems like a lot. Okay. Well, we'll celebrate then.
0: Bottle of champagne, everybody, all the way around. Yay. Why not? Why not? Okay. All right, so news and updates. Um, I'm going to start this off, but I I did not sit through this webinar, so I think you two did, so you might have to chip in here a little bit. But Canva had quite a few new updates come through. I mean, this is probably three weeks ago now, but we haven't had a News and um, Nuggets episode since. But they've added some new things like Magic Draw, Magic Eraser, and Magic Right. And so you tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try and explain these. So, Magic Draw was that is this the one where you can tell it what you want and it generates a picture? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, Magic Eraser, I think this is pretty cool too. So, you can look at a graphic and erase a part of that graphic. But it doesn't erase, like, the whole thing or, like, blur it. It actually takes, like, a little. So I think the um, example they have is, like, a peanut butter sandwich. And so there's two pieces of bread. But you could erase one piece of bread. And it just – the image looks the same. It's just that one little piece is taken off. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the last one was magic, right? And I think this one is just, like, ChatGPT, like an AI built in. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say ChatGPT because it's just AI. But – You could ask for some suggestions and it will just write it for you yep yeah yep so were there any other things in there that you guys thought were neat or that you remember from there
2: so if you've used canva a lot you may have been frustrated that you can't layer things and now you can so that seems like a simple little change but actually i think it can be pretty impactful you can put words on top of things and that seemed like a big deal Because I feel like
0: with layers within Canva, things more snapped in, right? So it wouldn't – is that what the problem always was with Canva? I felt like you – it was either it snapped into what you wanted it to or it didn't work at all or it took little pieces or
1: something. So it gives you more options.
2: Anything we missed,
1: Gina? Oh, I can't think of anything. You guys kind of covered the big hits for – yeah.
0: There are some other things I think. I do have a link here for the show notes. So if you wanted to go in and watch, there's a really great tweet um that kind of walks you through some of them. Those are the things that stuck out to me as an avid Canva user can- Canva user if I can say it. Um that I thought were really important. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um the next one is I think a tool that we've talked about quite a bit here, which is News ELA or Newsella, depending on how you prefer to say it. So they're kind of they're keeping their free account, but they're changing what that looks like. So Newzella is going to Newzella Lite, um, which means teachers that use that free account get access to four articles at a time. So each week, the oldest article will be removed and replaced with a new article. Um, and there will be still, I think this is still a thing, five different reading levels. There's a um, dashboard, though, that teachers can access student quiz scores and um, writing responses that students, um, you know, respond to with that article. So I, I thought it was an interesting, um, I don't know if they put out like a, not really a press release, but I suppose it kind of is just that they said they needed that free account to be more powerful for teachers and that we can't just continue to send out articles and expect teachers to come up with whatever for it. And so they were trying to support teachers in a different way. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice to get more features rather than less. Yeah,
0: because normally when it's free, I was like, oh, no, here we go. But yeah. I think it sounds like it's going to be better. So,
1: um, And then last but not least, for
0: my news and updates, um, Seesaw came out with, uh, first of all, a present to, cla- present to class button. I'm not really sure how that's different than just um, presenting it on the smart board or something like that, but something that you might want to take a look at um, that was kind of a ho hum for me, but one thing that I do think is really neat is that now you can add frames within those seesaw activities. So, if you click on the drawing template, if you're creating an activity for your students and you want to create a template for them, you go in and you go into the drawing template, and now you can create a frame, and it snaps the student's response into that frame, so they don't spend so much time reframing and resizing things. So it makes a nice little frame. They click on like a created button. It instantly opens up like let's say the camera or the microphone for them um, they do their recording or whatever take their picture and it puts it right into that frame so you could have like five different responses on one frame and then not have to worry about kids trying to squeeze it all in which if you've worked with kids you know that's a thing if you're as an adult sometimes even you're like I can't squeeze all of this in here so um, teacher has a little bit more control in a good way to um, help students maybe be a little bit more efficient with their, their time. So I do have a link there about how to do that. I also have a link um, about how to use present a class. It's just a button that you'll find in your activities if you wanted to give that a try too. So those are my three. I know Gina's got a couple too,
1: right Gina? I do. So I've got a couple Google-ish um, news and updates. And so one of the first ones is that there are going to be several new Chromebooks that are going to be released in the next couple months. And so I think it's like 13 different models. So if, or 13 new models. And so if you are in the market for refreshing your Chromebooks, um, this might be something to check out. Lots of them have touch styluses, um, which can make it easier to annotate um, on top of documents or whatever. And so keep, keep a lookout for that. Um, I will put a link in the show notes, just kind of talking through those different models and what's going to be now available. One other thing, I guess I didn't even realize this because honestly, I do not use a Chromebook very Very often. Right, yeah. Um, But apparently, there is a built in screencast app in the Chromebook that I had no idea about. Me neither. I didn't Um, know. Mm -hmm. And so, the screencasts that you create in that screencast app go to Google Drive, apparently. And so, they're adding some additional features to that app. Um, coming up here in the next few months. And so one of those is going to have um, more languages for translation within the transcription um, of the screencast. So that might be something to take a look at. It should be rolling out or starting to roll out in early April is what the update or the release says. Um, So maybe keep a lookout for that one. Mm -hmm. And I guess just look in that app launcher to see if you can find that screencast app. Yeah. I need to probably take a look at that and play with that a little bit more. And then one other, just a Chrome-related update. So Chrome kind of like there's some quiet little updates that come along every time that you update Chrome and so one of those, like a year, or a couple of years ago, was the little puzzle piece that now is where all your extensions hang right. out. Um, another one that I noticed that kind of quietly came along this year was that um, there's a, like a transcription for any sort of or closed captioning for any sort of video or podcast or anything that you have playing okay. in Chrome that mm-hmm. shows up just when you have like something that would play. So if there's a video on a web page that doesn't have any closed captioning on it, there'll be a little music note that shows up in the upper right hand corner of Chrome. You click on that and it will turn on the closed captioning for that video. So even if it doesn't exist, it will caption or Chrome will caption for you. Hmm. Same thing with a podcast. I tried it with one of our podcasts. Yeah, just to see how it played in the player and um, Podbean, start it up. Music note shows up. Turn it on, and you can see it live transcript everything nice. that's said. So that's uh, hangs out up there. One other thing that's coming out or going to be released soon is that there is up in your upper right hand corner of Chrome this little like looks like a little square with a black rectangle, and so that's like kind of like your reading list, and then. If you click on the drop down from your reading list, there is going to be in there um, a little option that says reading mode, and it will allow you to customize the way that text appears on the page in Chrome. And so now you guys are all like looking to see if it's there. We are. I've
0: never clicked on that before. (laughs) And
1: so you can change like the spacing. You can change just a bunch of different things to customize the appearance of the text in Chrome. And so that can definitely be helpful for kids who might need to have like text spaced out a little bit more to read it more fluently or whatnot. I just think it's kind of cool how there's like all these quiet little updates to Chrome that sometimes yeah. go unnoticed, unnoticed. Yeah. that are definitely um, just kind of quick wins yeah. that you might, might need. Yeah. So check those things out in that upper right-hand corner of Chrome right next to your profile picture. There's um, some fun things that are there that kind of go unnoticed.
0: Yeah, it says when you hover over it, it says show side panel. and I never. I, how new is that? <laughs> the, how, how long have I been missing it? I don't
1: know. Like so, that's <laughs> been a while. Okay. Yeah, the reader mode thing has been there for. Uh, I mean, not the reader mode, but like the little side panel thing has been there for a little while. I rarely or hardly yeah. like never use it, mm-hmm. um, but it does show up there. Also, it's kind of a nice place to have all your bookmarks yeah. hanging out there on mm-hmm. the side. So, like, you can kind of so, like rotate through some different yeah. things that you use frequently yeah. so mm-hmm. good yeah one. yeah so check that out it's good okay. all good right stuff all righty so that's all the news that i have okay all the google-ish news
0: Okay, so we want to happen to Tech Nuggets. Oh,
1: wait a second. I did have one more. Sorry. I thought. I kept looking at you like, don't you have one more thing you were
0: going to don't talk about? do you have
1: one more? <laughs> I totally do. And I totally forgot about it. Okay, so this is the other kind of fun update. Um, so Mindy shared on social media, was it? Couple weeks ago, the new update in the smart chips in mm-hmm. Google Docs. And yep. so, if you go in there, go to insert chip. One of the options is to have a timer yep. um, that you it's can keep. Stopwatch. stopwatch. Sorry, yep. stopwatch. So you can keep track of minutes or whatever right. like that mm-hmm. um, in a meeting. There is going to be a new chip that's in there in the next couple months, maybe mm-hmm. a couple weeks. That's called voting chip and so i don't know exactly what it's going to look like they didn't have like any sort of like a little like screen grab or you know hey this is what this could possibly look like but i'm imagining it's going to be something where like in a meeting or you know in class or whatever you have like three different options that we're going to vote on everyone in the doc can cast their votes and i'm assuming it will probably tally yeah. those votes up. I would think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Those smart chips are, are kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. I need yeah. to get into them mm-hmm. a little bit more than what I have. But yeah. So that was my last news and know. updates. I totally almost forgot. Uh, Thanks, you almost Mindy. did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It kind of reminds me of, you know, like when you're in present mode and Google Slides, you know, the ability to vote, upvote and downvote stuff. And I wonder if there could be some ways that those are similar.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to keep our eyes open.
0: All right. So tech nuggets take two. Tech, Are you really
1: done? I'm really done okay. this time. All right, now it's time good. for okay. the nuggets.
0: All right. So since we just recently talked, so this probably could have been a news and update, but I um, decided to take it as a tech nugget instead. I came across this uh, blog post from TCAA. It's actually by Dr. Bruce Ellis. And there's still so much conversation around chat GPT and education. And I keep reading and finding different things about how teachers can utilize it um, because I feel like talking about students using it gets kind of heated. So I thought I'd go a different direction here. And one of the things that they say here is that you can use ChatGPT to create a simplified text, but you have to kind of know how to do it. And, you know, I've been in and tried to use ChatGPT and I'm still kind of floundering a little bit. I'm trying to figure out how do I use this to my benefit? You know, the times I've used it, I'm like, oh, you know, it's not saying anything insightful. It's just, it felt very kind of rote to me. So one of the ways that you can do that is um, you can kind of put in your demand of sorts. Um, And what they're saying here is that you can type in act as an expert educator who has a deep understanding of blank. And then rewrite the following text with specific modifications, shorter sentences, replace current content related words with simpler vocabulary when possible, replace idioms with more concrete and clear language. So you're telling them exactly what you want the the text to come back to you as. And then you can paste what the original text is below it. So the commands come first, it reads the text later, and then it regenerates this text for you in shorter sentences, easier vocabulary, so on and so forth. And you can do it in the opposite too. So if you're looking for more complex text. The other thing that I think is interesting is that you can also request that the amount of content is the same length. So it's not just about simplifying by making it shorter. It's about simplifying the reading level, but making it kind of the same length so that students who are reading side by side, not one of them is reading three sentences. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So... um I don't know. I I think it's worth a shot to play with. There are some examples in here so that you can kind of take a look. The one thing I did think was interesting too um, that it will not do something like from Romeo and Juliet because there is death involved or violence involved and bullying oh, involved. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, caveat to think about that you need to. I mean, those we would read that in class and not think of it as like a red flag per se, but ChatGPT does look at those things as a red flag. So, just mm-hmm. something to kind of be thinking about um, when you're using that. I don't know. So, I thought maybe there's somebody out there that would find this useful. I I thought it was really interesting and wasn't a way I would have used ChatGPT or even would have known how, how to do that. So um, if you are getting into ChatGPT, there is a free version. There's also a paid version, of course. You may find that with the free version, it will only give you so many characters of text. That's why you pay for the, the um, you know, more meat, right? So um, yeah, so we'll link that in the show notes and you
1: can take a look at it. Beth, you got a nugget? Okay, I do have a nugget
2: um one of my favorite one of my favorite tools that I used a lot when I was a librarian and then first was in this job um, was making interactive images where you would start with an image and then you would put um, little links on it to direct you to other places. the um, what we used to use the site is now a paid it's behind a paywall. There's a 30 day free version but that doesn't do a whole lot for you if you want to use it with students. And so I discovered um, a site called Genially, G-E-N-I-A-L-L-Y, and Genially is um, the purpose of it is to create interactive presentations. And one of the options is um, you can start with an image, and you can add links to different sites. So um, providing that for students, like you can start the conversation with an image, and then they can explore that whatever that image is about. Like, for example, um, uh, the shirtwaist fire where um, which happened in history. It was a factory where there were a lot of people. Uh, young girls that were working in the factory trapped. There's a lot of images from that that you could start with one image and then link different artifacts to that image for students to go deeper. So it's a way of getting the conversation started. As we know, it's a lot easier to talk about something when you have an image in your mind. And then you can go drill down deeper in a variety of different ways. It can be a Google Doc with questions. It can be an article. It could be a Website, a map, all different kinds of things that you could connect to that. That is just one of the many different um, uh, options that Genially offers as an interactive site. So it feels like it's kind of a one-stop shop. I mean, you can do infographics, you can do um, slide decks, you can do all kinds of different ones, and it is. They have a couple different pricing systems, but um, the free version has unlimited visits and unlimited creations, which I think is important for all of us. Um, There is an EduPro version and a student version if you want to organize your class so that you as a teacher can see all the students at once all the other bells and whistles, but just as a creation site, it does have a lot of different options. Genially has been around for a long time. I feel like it just sort of is coming back around again. I'm seeing it in more places. Nice.
1: It's always good to come back to, you know, some of those tools that you learn about and then you kind of forget put it on the shelf and then it's like, oh yeah, I could use that. This might fit the need. Yeah. So the nugget that I'm going to share first is, um, actually, it's a two-for-one. So I'm just going to do my two nuggets together and then be done with nuggets for the day, me. And then you guys just can go back and forth and dip in the sauces and stuff. Okay. So after our AI episode, Mindy forwarded to me an email that she got from someone who had listened to the episode named Jonathan Ketchall. Um, And he has a um, program or a set of resources put together that's called Hashtag filter Filter the Noise. Sorry, And on this website, it's really interesting, there's a couple different kind of areas that he's collected some resources around. One of them is news literacy and the other one is political literacy. And so I kind of just dove into the news literacy collections or resources that he's created. The first one, Navigating the News and Part 1. Um, and everything is organized. This is the second part of my my nugget, um, my really big nugget. Um, everything is organized in Satori, which I had never looked at this before. But, okay, so this was what was really kind of, I guess, flabbergasting in this first um, first course that he put together, a collection of resources, that's the Navigating the News Part 1. If you scroll through there and you get down to, you kind of look at some different activities. So are the lines sloped or straight? Um, it gives you kind of like a visual that makes you kind of confused. There's, it's really neat because in Satori, you can do these like different checks for understandings along the way. And so it's a lot like Wakelet, only you have like this quizzing option that's built in there too. So I was like, oh, that's really neat. Um, then he has like a little chip or card or whatever. That's that's kind of a deep fake video of um, something that Obama was thought to have said or whatever so inside of that card there's like a link to um a mit kind of study that they're putting together a research study or whatever basically it's kind of like a um they they've done this before with um like different bias testing and things like that. So they create something, put it out there, have people play it, go through it just to do some research. And so this one was really interesting because it's got a ton of different like deep fakes examples in it um that are video deep fakes and then also audio deep fakes and you watch them and listen to them and then it asks you okay how confident are you that this is real or fake and then it will tell you whether it's real or fake at the end and so they're collecting a bunch of research on just the general public's ability to kind of identify what is real and what is fake um video and audio um information but i just i was like oh that's really cool so anyway (laughs) i guess this is why this nugget is so huge because i was like this resource is great i thought Mm -hmm. it was like just so cool like all of the different things and how it was collected how it was put together um for helping people think through like what is real news what is fake news um understanding what sort of things might be out there that could trick you or whatnot. And then the other thing that I thought was just so neat was how it was organized in this Satori, which is that tool that's very similar to Wakelet. You can bring in there like just different outside websites. You can add text to it, but I really loved the idea that you could add like a little check for understanding as someone is navigating their way through the Satori collection. I did kind of dive in there briefly into Satori to try to kind of figure out, okay, so what's the what's the whole deal with this? And it seems as though you have 30 days to have all of the features for free. Then when it goes to the free level of Satori, That's where it takes away that quizzing option, which is like kind of a bummer. Um, The paid version for an individual teacher is like $120 a year. And then they also have a subscription structure for like a department or a grade level. So for example, if I was like a history teacher or something like that, and me and my whole department of history teachers wanted to get together and purchase this to develop some collections and build in those checks for understandings, we could. So I was like, oh, that would be a great resource for structuring some playlists or some kind of personalized learning, have those little checks for understanding along the way. Um, and I just thought that the resource that Jonathan Ketchel had put together with the hashtag filter the noise was really great too. And so I'll put links to both those things in the show notes and that's my really big nugget it was basically the whole chicken um and now i'm done okay all right all right
0: i like it it. yeah that's really great and we always love to hear from listeners too that you know are sharing what they're doing and um that seems like a really great site so thanks for sharing that gina Um, I just I put two more on here. One of them is, I suppose, kind of a knockoff of the news and updates. So with Canva, one of the things that I just came across, and I don't know if I knew this or if this is I think it's new, but I don't know for sure is that you can convert a Google or not a Google Doc, you can convert a doc that you've created in Canva into a presentation by the click of a button so i gave this a try we had a doc that um within canva that was set up in a table like i'll tell you girls because you'll know because you helped me helped us create it but it was the um, professional learning opportunities for transformative classrooms and so if you don't know what that doc is it's just a table of sorts right with some um, big categories and then some descriptions and um, objectives and things like that and so Uh, I went to that doc, I clicked convert, I chose the design that I wanted it to create. And so it probably gave me six or seven different designs. The top two, though, were actually pulled brand colors from the doc itself. It didn't work, but so I didn't choose that one. But it was an opportunity, which I thought was kind of neat. And then it pulled all of those Categories, right? And then the next slide gave the next chunks underneath that. And then the next, so it was a really nice Mm. place at least to get started. It wasn't something that I could have just been like, oh, now I'm going to present from this, but it did chunk out all those different pieces and the font looked nice. The uh, design was nice. I thought, what a great starting point, if nothing else. So, um, I thought that was really
2: great. I'm I want to share another Canva. This feels like we're really singing Canva praise today. Um, we were playing around with making vertical one minute videos. So um, we were just trying to just. Kind of get some information out on social media so a vertical video is one way to do it and canva offers you a lot of different ways to make a video and you can choose to make it like you can choose what social media platform you want to create the video in or you can just choose that you want to make it vertical or horizontal but one of the things that i thought was the most to me one of the most powerful things. I am a person who talks a lot and I, I sometimes get a little bit off target. I know that you guys didn't, don't know that about me, but um, in Canva, you your video is basically slides and so you can create a background and then you can record yourself talking about whatever is on that first slide. And then you can make another slide and record a, and, and record yourself just on that slide. So it allows you to chunk up your content in a way that you can edit so easily and you can really, it forces you to hone in on what the nugget is that you really want to, to uh, share. Um, it also has some really interesting transitions in the vertical video from slide to slide. So like you can have text boxes kind of slide into the next image Um I was a talking head in the middle, which was just an interesting way to do it. But it's super simple. It is um it it happens really quickly. It looks because you can choose colors that go together, because you can choose a format that is design has some design behind it, it makes it look like you know what you're doing when honestly. You're just clicking and talking, which um, is my favorite kind of a tool.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I thought was neat about that too is that there's just the green screen capability within it so that you can kind of just put your face like Beth had said. She put her face right in the middle of that video Without any – yours did have background, but we did play with no background at all.
2: Didn't you still have background so, behind you? Um, you just click a button and it takes your background out. So wherever you're recording yourself, it you don't have to worry about that um, and the background is behind you, which is really nice. Yeah, don't you remember
0: the days when, like, green screen was, oh. like, a nightmare to try – I mean, video was – there was one way to do it and it was with Doink and then mm-hmm. if you didn't have <laughs> yeah. that – you or you could use WeVideo, I guess. They have that option, but other than that – a little bit of
2: iMovie, I guess, but there were no other options now. You can find it anywhere. And, and if you had curly hair, you always had like part of the actual background was showing through the locks of your hair. Yeah. This was so simple and really made it um, easy. It's in a shareable format and really nice. Okay, I'm going to do one more Canva. The other thing that we have discovered is Canva, you can do a presentation in Canva and you can share it out as a website. So that works really well if you want, uh, and across the bottom of the screen in the Canva presentation, there are little emojis so that the audience can respond to a slide using the emojis. It, it, It works really slick. It's super easy to do. There is one caveat, because you still are in, when you share the website, you still are in Canva. So... If you're in a school district that has blocked Canva or has issues with that, you just need to be aware of it because there's no way then to share your presentation because it's buried inside of the Canva world. Um, It does not download it and make it shareable like all the other Canva products do. You sound like you're speaking from experience, wants <laughs> So I am. <laughs> we it, it's 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 called punting at the last moment, and it worked perfectly fine. But just it's just something to be aware of that it is still on the Canva website. But you're still up next for your. Oh, no, is that a nugget? No, it, I think it could be a oh, nugget. Okay. okay, the the one other thing I'm going to okay. share, and I know that you guys have talked about this before. Um, I'm a firm believer in, as we all are, in video. And, um, Matt Miller from ditch the text, that textbook has created a web, a crowdsourced website called teach flicks and teach flicks is educational videos. It is searchable. It's also categorized in elementary, middle school, and high school. You can search by content areas or you can search by keywords, but, um, it's a way and, and it just keeps building the wet, that, um, kind of repository of educational videos keeps growing as people share. It is a great way of finding a video to meet the needs that you have by um, not just going on into the YouTube world, which is still the wild west in a lot of ways. This one is curated, so it makes it easier. You can submit. um, He has a form attached to the teach flicks website where you can submit a video suggestion and they will curate that with this, this, um, opportunity. I don't know. I think it's just a great way of, we often have teachers asking for something specific and they do have social and emotional. They have computer science. There are read aloud options as well as math, science, music, and that sort of thing.
0: All right. So I have one last one. And this one actually comes from Jennifer Gonzalez, who, you know, we are fangirl Jennifer Gonzalez on our team. Certainly. It was one I hadn't heard of before, which is it's getting to the point where it's getting harder to find stuff that we haven't at least seen at some point in time. So this one's called the Juice. Um, it's a little bit like Newsela or Newsela, depending on how you call what you call it. It delivers five articles a day to the student. It has grade levels uh, five to twelve, and then it's followed by a vocabulary and comprehension check. So the teacher goes in and assigns a specific reading level to each student, and those articles show up to the students five articles a day. That's a lot, five articles a day. So the juice itself actually generates those articles. They are not pulled from somewhere else, but they are current events. So a lot of times we hear from teachers, well, the students could Google the answer. This to me is like, well, if it's generated through this this company and they're the ones creating the comprehension and vocabulary checks. It might be the students actually will have to read that article to get to get to the answer. So just a new, a new place for research um, or to research as a, as a teacher, if you're looking for literature for your students that are current events, Um, there is a teacher dashboard as well. Unfortunately, it's just a 30 day free trial. There is a um, paywall after that, but sometimes it's just good to go and check out something else and, um, You know, I think we are seeing school districts starting to spend money on tech products where before we weren't necessarily seeing a lot of subscriptions and things like that being purchased. But I know school districts are doing that now, so it might be one
1: to you know take a look at. I always think the last month of school is the best time to like try some of these things out because it's like okay, well, school's ending anyway if, mm-hmm. like, we yeah. really like it. And then we can, like, get ourselves organized to try to figure yeah. out how to purchase it if it, we really liked it. Mm-hmm. And if not, it's like, hey, you know, like, we tried it. We had this, like, trial period. It didn't work out for us. No big deal. So – Yeah. Definitely something to think about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the price structure isn't terrible. Um, I think it was, now I'm going to make up a number, but I think it was like $250 for a whole year Um, for one teacher, five classes, 150 kids, something like that. But, of course, it gets cheaper if you purchase it as a a school district. Usually we see it that way anyway. So it might, you know, it's not like it's so expensive that, you know. It's not worth looking at. All right. So last part of the show, we're going to talk, if you're within our Grantwood AEA area, the Grantwood AEA corner booth, this is when we share just a couple of learning opportunities that are uh, possible for you to get involved with here at Grantwood AEA. Um, Two of them will be shameless plugs. I take that back because you took, wasn't there a third one? Didn't you take out the Summer Learning Institute? Wasn't it in here at one point in time?
1: Um, it should be on there, and maybe I accidentally deleted <laughs> it. Did we delete it by accident? It.
0: Okay. But, yeah. Maybe we can go into revision history and pull that out. So, um, one of them is coming up very soon, right around the corner, May 5th. We have the student engagement through, what's that? Five seats left. Five seats left. That's giving me, like, behind-the-scenes um, hand signals that are appropriate. Um, so one-day workshop for instructional coaches, May 5th from 9 to 3 o'clock, and that is talking about student engagement through classroom discussion and the practices we need to have in our classroom so that students will engage in co- meaningful academic classroom discussion. It sounds like the perfect class for instructional coaches. <laughs> Then we have a online course for uh, teachers, instructional coaches, administrators around the tenets of transformative classrooms. We've talked a little bit about this in the past, uh, just talking about the things that we've learned around blended and personalized learning and identifying the practices that help teachers make those things happen in their classroom. So there is a section starting June 19th and ends October 6th. That might seem like a long time, but we're really packing the learning into the summer with the implementation into the fall of the school year. So although you might look at that and be like, holy smokes, that's a long class. It's to really give teachers the opportunity to A, enjoy their summer, also do some learning, and then some planning, and then actually putting some of those things into practice when the school year starts. That second section actually starts August 1st and ends November 30th because it's a the same type of thing if you want a more compact um, session. So, two different sections of that.
1: We also have the Grantwood AEA Professional Learning Institute, and that is going to be taking place, I believe, so June 26th through the 30th. Um, there's going to be a ton of different speakers here, including um, Jen Manley one day. Wes Kieschnick is going to be here. Katie Novak, thank you. I was like blanking on that. Katie Novak. So we will put a link to um, that learning that is going to be happening in the show notes. So you can check that out and get yourself registra- or regis- registered, mm-hmm. not registrated, <laughs> registered. Or registered Or registered. I mean, <laughs> whatever. whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> there is also a big cspd week that is going to be hosted at the university of northern iowa this year there are some um different grants that are available um so you can have some of these courses paid for um i will put a link to all of the information that you need in the show notes there's lots and lots and lots of different options to choose from in the cspd week and so um The website's really nicely laid out, and it can just show you all those different options. It is June twelfth through the sixteenth, and all of the learning is going to be up at UNI. Um, And there are some housing options too. So if you stay for the entire week, um, you would stay in a dorm at UNI. Relive those college days, folks! Hit the hill, back, hit the hill, whatever, Um, and just check it out. So we'll put some information in there about that as well. And that wraps up our show. We'd love to
0: hear back from you. So reach out to us on Twitter at DLGWA or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can always use our hashtag, hashtag EdTechTO and share your thoughts with
1: us too. But until next time, this has been the EdTech Takeout and we hope it hit the spot.